back everyone to another episode of the dating culture. As always, we have fun um, topics and amazing, amazing guests on our show. I'm thrilled to announce that we have Sonia Singh, the author of Sorry, Not Sorry on today's episode. Welcome to the dating culture, Sonia. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to dive into your book. Um, it was such a fun read. I love a good uh, romance novel, I guess you could say, um, without giving <laughs> yeah. away too much information. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how does it feel to be a South Asian author? <laughs> oh my gosh, it doesn't, it doesn't even sink in. It's like slowly starting to sink in. I'm processing it. I actually just sent my invites today to a little book launch we're having um, on April 5th when the book comes out. And I think because it's almost a little bit like imposter syndrome, you start thinking, okay, well, you told this story, this South Asian story, which, you know, you wanted to reflect based on your experiences, but are you just a South Asian author? Like, why can't I just be an author? You know what I mean? And so I grapple with that sometimes where I try to just, I want to be an author, but will I always be a South Asian author? Mm -hmm. And so which I have no problem with, but I think sometimes, you know, we, we, we take the sphere of these titles and sometimes we pigeonhole people into them. And for me, it can be really tricky because I don't want to sell a book based on the fact that I'm South Asian and I have fallen into that place. So um, anyways, I'm still getting used to the whole thing. <laughs> That's so beautiful. It, and again, like we don't, we don't get to see, um, well, it's, it's all uncovering now, right? Like a lot of people leaning mm -hmm. into their creative talents and their um, like crafts and stuff. And so it's really beautiful to see more and more South Asians leaning into those spaces. So I'm yeah. beyond excited to like talk about your book. Um, Thank you. Do you feel, well, you know, before we even get into the book, because, you know, the book is based off of you know, whatever came out of your magical brain <laughs> and, you know, just your life stories. Um, yeah. Do you feel like, um, well, I guess, did you, have you always like, tell me about, I guess, your, um, your journey to becoming an author? Yeah. Well, I think that just ties back to your first question too, because when I decided that I wanted to write for a living, certainly, you know, I remember, going through a period where I just was in a very isolated position of having a couple of things that had happened to me in my life and were going through a process of just grieving. And so I think I handled grief in a way which was to write my feelings. And that was 40,000 words in a span of four to five days. And I actually remember thinking I was crazy to write those types of words in that span of, you know, hours and days that I had. And I, I Googled other authors that had done the same thing. And they had apparently had a lot to drink and a lot to smoke and you know, <laughs> nothing to eat in those four to five days. And so I think that it's interesting because my journey happened probably about two years ago. And when I did end up putting out my query letters, I, in the back of my head, I also thought, okay, well, I'm South Asian. So that will help me get to the point where somebody will want to tell this story and which was the wrong way to look at things, right? And I remember actually getting a few rejection letters because my story was South Asian and mm. it was too South Asian or it was not South Asian enough or 
the one that really hit me hard was the fact that there was another South Asian rom-com author coming out at the same time that this book would come out and they couldn't have two South Asian authors that were telling a rom-com story. And I just felt so gutted. And I thought, okay, well, you know, first of all, I Googled this woman and I just was, my brain was fixated on her. And I just thought, like, you know, did she beat me to the punch? Why didn't I get my email out sooner? And that's where my competitive nature came in, which I've had to take a huge step back and really understand that we should be cheerleading each other, that we should be championing each other as South Asians. And so as soon as my journey started on that note, I decided to really progress into a place where I was a little bit more confident. And that helped with having an agent who really believed in my work and wasn't pulling the South Asian card to get me to a point where a publisher was going to look at my work. And in fact, the editor who actually um, decided to move ahead with Sorry Not Sorry, her background is Italian. And one of the things that she related to so well with this book and why she picked it up was because she, as an Italian woman, could relate to the big family, the big food, the big feast, the big fashion. And it didn't trigger anything in her, which was, I need to have um, a roster of this, this, and this, and I haven't filled my South Asian category yet. So for me, that was such a huge feat in itself to be able to align myself with a publisher and an editor that wasn't looking to fill a quota. Um, so I think my journey, you know, I also want to be really sensitive to other authors, which, you know, I know a few, particularly debut authors who've written a book and it took them five to 10 years and they almost threw in the towel and mine happened a little bit more quickly, but I also think, you know, I have, um, that, <laughs> that won't take no for an answer. You know, <laughs> I just keep going at it. And I, I pounded the pavement really hard with this project and I think I was really authentic. And so maybe there was a bit of luck, but I also think there was lots of timing in regards to me telling this story that was important to tell. Yeah. And, you know, authenticity is like, it's such a gift to be able to tap into that and just feel like really comfortable in that space and true to who you are, which I'm sure translated so well into this book because the book is just, it's so well-written. It's so like, you know, it, it's authentic to the culture. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I really, you. I really enjoyed the read. Um, speaking of culture, um, do you feel like, like writing this book was something that like your family like, how did your family react when, when you were like, Hey, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> Honestly, they didn't know. They didn't, they didn't know until it was done and also didn't know until I got the deal. And mm, <laughs> to be honest, I remember telling my middle sister and she was like, all right, that's cool. You know, like, <laughs> like, you know, everybody's stopping what they're doing. And because like, let's be honest here. Who do you know as a South Asian that you is within arm's reach that could write a book and have it sold to a big five. And, you know, I don't think my sister really understood what was going to happen, let alone me. And I put, I probably did underplay it a lot too, but we didn't know what was going to happen with the book, you know, even though it was picked up and yeah. so many things can go wrong. And I think that, I, I think that they've, they're so proud of it now with all the accolades and recognition that's coming in. But at the same time, they're like, what's next? You know, like, yeah. you know, the, they want to see the like big the checks. Typical, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're also like the typical, you know, I say sing family, like as in my sing family, like, yeah, we're, you know, show me the money. Like, we're so oh, funny, yeah. Which, yeah, right. Because at the end of the day, they want to make sure that you're secure. And as much as this is a hobby, no, it's actually my side hustle, which I want to make full time. Right. right. So 
And I, I think we talk about that in the book as well, too. We as in me, but, you know, some of these conversations and forums that I went to to do the research is we struggle with that, wanting to do things as um, South Asian men or women that are not categorized into these pockets of what we should be doing as career moves, right, or social moves or personal moves. And so um, I still think my my sisters in particular are like, Dude, wow, did you really write a book? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. 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 It's it, exactly, I mean, you know, I, my family kind of sort of, well, my family has the same response with everything I honestly yeah. present to them. They look at me like, Jesus Christ, here she goes again. Um, yeah. But like, that's my <laughs> hustle, you know, like that's how, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing is like, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I'm a little bit offended by the word hustle because I, I feel like I have these darts that just shoot out all the time as an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. yes, sometimes they don't all work out, you know, and that's okay. But I'm hustling on the side. And my definition of hustle is I also work full time. You know, mm-hmm. I run a PR agency, a like very boutique PR agency. I work full time. I'm doing this. It's the hustle is real. Like the struggle is real, you know? And I think (laughs) that is the part that maybe, um, at least my family, I don't know if this is the experience that you have is that they don't get that part, you know, the behind the scenes part. Yeah. I've had to basically have so many, so many conversations slash arguments with my mom about, um, like where I'm at with my career and like what's going on with it. Um, And then I just Mm -hmm. realized that all I have to say to her is, mom, it's really just, I don't know how to explain this to you. And I really don't know how to like tell you because I feel like you're just not going to understand. And that's okay. It's okay that you don't Mm -hmm. understand because I'm clearly not also understanding you and like where your questions are coming from. And then she does this thing where she's like, hmm, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, but I oh, mean, that's like, great though. it took, yeah. you know, it took a, it took a lot of time. It took, yeah. It, it took a lot of time. It does. And yeah. it, t- it still takes a long time. And I think it's just sort of given, give or take and give and take from like both ends, because you have to understand, at least from my perspective, where are those questions coming from? Right. right. So I'm trying to understand where those questions are coming from at the same time, the questions that they're asking and trying to comprehend what I'm giving back as an answer, they're mm-hmm. trying to understand. So yeah. I, there is a lot of like push and pull and there has to be a lot of understanding involved. Oh, of course. It, it's like a lot of uncovering, unlearning. It's this whole self-discovery process, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you come mm-hmm. to realize quickly that like everything is a test in life and like yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, okay, I'm going to, I think I know the answer and I'm just going to go with it. And then, you know, you get shut down and then you get angry and, you know, furious and, you know, all the emotions. And then you're like, okay, wait, the whole point was just simply to like, understand that I don't understand. And that that's just okay. You know, yeah, and my truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing is, I think like, you know, you just touched on it lightly is, you know, doing things, the simplified version of what we should be doing, right? So instead of veering down this course that is really taking us from like this end to that end, sometimes we're driving off course, I think we're instilled in our in our culture to just like take the straight path, right? And it's, it's simple, and it's easy. And so the hardships when it comes to the hustle, or just, you know, going back and forth and not being able to uncover that pot of gold because it's not always there is something that I think at least for me has been part of my family dynamic, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up and um, seeing that there has to be a paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah. Tell tell me a little bit more about your family dynamic. So you have a sister 
and I have two sisters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. So are you middle child, oldest, youngest? What do you think I am? I feel like middle <laughs> because I'm middle and like the middle ones are always the ones that are just like, I want to do my everything my way and like oh try gosh. out all new things, but I could absolutely be wrong. Um, I have You're no totally idea. wrong. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm the oldest actually. Um, so I have two younger sisters and they're both married. And um, you know, my my baby sister actually, she's got a baby on the way. Aww. My middle sister has um my nephew Jordan, he's now four years old. So, you know, I think that my family certainly didn't have an upbringing of pushing us in the direction of things that were necessarily defined by creation or art. Mm -hmm. But what I've realized as I've gotten older is it was always there. Yeah. And a lot of the scenes that you'll read about in um, Sorry, Not Sorry are examples of things that I've seen with my family, whether it was, you know, my parents were the first ones on the dance floor mm. and you're always like cringing, like, oh my God, where are they on there again? <laughs> like, that's so busy. And like, you know, like that was, that was always part of it. And I realized as I've gotten older, it was part of their storytelling. So mm. my parents definitely amazing storytellers and the gift for gab and to the point where you know, they could actually bring a room to, to its feet and mm -hmm. they could turn any story. And to this day, I don't know if half their stories were true, but cause they always added masala into every story. So I feel like <laughs> that's where I got the gift of gab from. And I think that's what I put into sorry, not sorry, is that ability to tell that story. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that it was always there. So that was our family dynamic. And I constantly thought of us as almost a sitcom, you know, yeah. um, my parents had like an arranged marriage and I couldn't imagine any two other people being married to each other, but the two of them. And when we used to ask my dad, like how he met my mother, he would say that, you know, there was a row of women and the, he picked the tallest one because she's five, seven, and she looked exactly like him and Molly. So he had to pick oh, her. Oh, so, that's so sweet. Which like, she, I don't see any of him and Molly in her, but <laughs> anyways, like seriously. So I think that um, we, we had that storytelling. We had that humor, lots of humor. And I think that it was embedded in us in that way, but not necessarily a conversation where we sat down and said, you know, it's an option to go into the arts. It's an option mm. to be creative. So, um, but I'm thankful for that because it, it got me to this point. Yeah. I was just about to ask, do you feel like your parents were like encouraging of you to try out like creative things? Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, before being um, a writer or, you know, all the work that I do now, I was a TV reporter and I anchored the news and entertainment in a space where there was not a lot of South Asian women. And particularly um, in Canada and the US, you know, there was maybe less than a handful. And so when I told them that I wanted to be on television, I wanted to pursue this career as a reporter, they had they had their wall up, you know, and my mom, I remember when I, I moved back home from university, she basically gave me like a six month drop date and said, you know, you got six months to figure out what you want to do, or you have to go to law school. Did you feel and like that was fair? I think I did. I, well, I did because I think that 
she, she kicked me in the butt and I did end up working a lot harder. Mm. And instead of just like hanging out in the basement, you know, I think I was on MSN messenger back then, like just killing time, you know, and she gave me that six months and that deadline. And I, I, I worked really hard. You know, I started stuffing envelopes that the weather channel here, and I was in the back filing paperwork. I was doing a job that was not related to being on TV, but it helped me get to the position where I was able to be on television. So I think that, you know, those experiences and that drop dead date and that timeline were necessary for me. Yeah, no, I feel that too. I mean, I, I used to also work in a very like corporate space before I like, you know, switched over to being a full-time makeup artist. Um, but I guess my drop dead date was simply, well, the company went through a massive layoff and I was like, all right, I guess I have no choice, but to start my business. (laughs) So I had just just a very short period of time, but you know, it's always nice to hear like people, um, getting the, like, at least in some like rational way, getting some sort of, um, like, uh, push or encouragement from your family, you know, mm-hmm. um, some, you know, you know, there's some folks who could be in our position who are still like dealing with the conversations with their parents around like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily want to be a doctor or a lawyer, but like in reality, it's like, that's all they know too. Right. Like our parents mm-hmm. only knew, like, I mean, they literally only had like schooling for like math and science. Right. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Like it, <laughs> Yeah. What else do they know? You know, nothing. And they certainly don't know anything else that would allow us to have an opportunity to work for ourselves and fend for ourselves and be a career. And so that to me is like, when I look back, I'm certainly not one of those people that's holding a grudge. And, you know, I'm here today because of the kick in the butt that I got. Mm -hmm. But also that's a big theme in the book too, that we all have our own family dynamics in terms of what our parents allowed us or didn't allow us to do. And that was based on their own experiences, whether, you know, my mom grew up in a bigger city in India and my dad grew up in a village. And so certainly he wasn't aware of arts and culture to the lengths that she was. And I think that those are certainly testimonials to how your kids are raised and the traditions that you bring into each family. And yeah, that stuff still exists today, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important too, to remind everybody that this, it's not something that happened like 10, 15 years ago. It still happens today. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also it's, you know, the moral of the story is like, do the things that you believe that you feel like you're supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. with whatever comfortability you are with risk-taking at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know, like I always think to myself, like, you know, my parents, like they didn't, you know, they didn't really like, and my speaking on behalf of my whole family or like at least every South Asian person, auntie, uncle that I've ever been exposed to, it's like, they only know what they know. Um, yeah. and so I've definitely, I, as a, like an entrepreneur have taken so many leaps and they just, they have so many questions, you know, like they think mm-hmm, I'm crazy, but mm-hmm. they have so many questions and I'm like, well, I'm mm-hmm. doing it. You know, the most important yeah. thing is that they see that I'm doing it, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. they're like, we, uh, at least I feel like I owe it to give them like answers as to how like yeah. this world operates, you know, and this generation operates and the creative space operates, you know, as a South yeah. Asian female, you know, um, because it's really confusing to them, you know, and again, again, like it took me a really, really long time and a lot of like arguing and a lot of like self-defense and yeah. the emotions of that, you know, <laughs> which as but a creative- you know what, that's actually, yeah. And that's actually a really great point because I used to have this cycle of being upset with my parents when they didn't know things and Mm -hmm. forget the fact that it's arts and, you know, the creative space, but 
I remember getting upset because they didn't know how to use a cell phone properly. And this is like back in the flip phone days, Mm -hmm. or they couldn't figure out Wi-Fi. And the thing is, what you just said, it's answering those questions, you know, where else are they going to learn from? Like maybe TV where way back when they learned how to speak English, but it's also, at least for me, I believe it was my responsibility to teach them those things. And I only later understood that after, you know, I went through my ups and downs of like, I can't believe you don't know this. Everybody else's parent knows how to use like, you know, you go through this whole like journey of self-discovery, but also realizing that they have questions that need to be answered because mm-hmm. they're also trying to just learn. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I tell my, I do tell my mom though, that she learned her dramatics through all the Indian serials. Yeah. And like if this is the only thing you saw, then it absolutely <laughs> oh makes sense the way you respond and react to things. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I grew up watching Bollywood movies. I still watch them and oh yeah. my God, forbid, you know, damsel in distress, like seriously. That's drama. I I'm like, mom, yeah. you should be an actress. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. We all should. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, let's dive into this book. I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, Yay, me too. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, the emotions that I got, the emotions were so relevant, you know, that I was feeling like Mm -hmm. in terms of what the character was feeling and, you know, just things that I'm going through in my personal life. Um, But what kind of got you, like, what encouraged you to create the character as, you know, a non-traditional, in in a non-traditional like career? Yeah, I think it's something that you and I just touched on because I felt in my life, I didn't become a doctor or engineer um, or a lawyer. And I certainly took a path of initially being on TV, switching over to PR, which was non-traditional. And I also was at a point where I started to, you know, watch all these TV shows and the reboot of Sex and the City was about to come out in a season or two. And, oh, good. you know, like, yeah, like <laughs> how we were talking about like Bridget Jones, maybe there's me a Bridget Jones for, and I'm thinking, why do all these women who are Caucasian have the opportunity to have these leading lady stories and they're all non-traditional roles, but why can't a South Asian woman have a breakup agency? Mm-hmm. You know, I get it that it may not actually sit well with some people, but that's the type of thing that I would do is start a breakup agency. So Mm -hmm. I really wanted Manny to reflect me in a way that I haven't taken those traditional roles. And so, like you said, it was really, really important for me to be able to create this character, but also this book where it wasn't necessarily about educating people, but certainly walking away with, wow, I think I learned something new and it was because of sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And also it's, it's pretty obvious that the book is about a South Asian story, like because of what it's titled would, but, and you open. Okay. Which can I just tell you though, um, just to interrupt you because initially my girlfriend, the only woman who had read the book when it was in its initial draft, um, she's Caucasian. She's from a very small town in Newfoundland, Canada, sent the first, you know, 30 pages to her. And she said, not until she was probably chapter three in that she realized that Manny was South Asian. Oh, man. So even given <laughs> everything, like she didn't know. So at the time I was thinking, okay, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good thing too, mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it helps to dispel some of those stereotypes, sure. which I thought, okay, that's really great. Um, but then I also thought, wow, I have this character where 
nobody really knows what she is. And that's mm-hmm. amazing to me because mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to write a female character that was South Asian. It just happened that that's what I ended up writing. Yeah. 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 And it, I just really appreciated that, um, that the book is about a South Asian woman that is, um, basically starting her own agency, running her own show, which is like really what a lot of women are doing nowadays anyway. And so I thought that was like, yeah. it just like, I really appreciated that you touched on that. Oh, thank you. Um, thank and, you. and started the story off as like, I mean, just like the scene setting was fantastic. Like, I was oh, like thank you. walking into her <laughs> office, like, you know, just hearing like the conversations going on and like, you know, the office scene. And it was just, it was so specific and it just, it really helped me like paint the picture, but also just like when you're creating your own version of what's happening in a book in your mind, you're, you know, you're essentially envisioning right and you're starting to like you know you're like getting the wheels turning so I was like oh man like that's really cool like she's like a boss ass bitch and she has her own office and oh that's exactly (laughs) what I wanted I I actually in my mind I was thinking a boss babe you know Mm -hmm. I this is she had like the most um beautiful wardrobe of wardrobe she had access to everything but you know she had this long pencil skirt with this beautiful blouse and it was in a very executive way because she was leading the Mm -hmm. team she owned that company and she was gonna walk in there like a badass bitch yeah and she totally did and I was like really just like oh my god this is so freaking cool like I mean just the fact that she has a breakup agency was just really like (laughs) tell me about that like what what was the thought process because that's a genius idea like what there's so many arguments there's so many arguments that can like be diffused from like somebody assisting with you with uh you going through a breakup Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was part of the reason I wrote it. I was in the midst of my own breakup, which I think was going through a period of almost like eight years of breaking Mm. up and getting back together with this individual. And there was zero closure. And I remember the first time around, I think he had just broken up with me through WhatsApp. And, you know, so you go through Mm. the motions of blocking the person and then adding them back on or all of it. Unfollowing the following, the blocking number, the deleting, everything, (laughs) everything. We've all done it, you know, and I think that that was part of the trigger to create this agency where it was for him. (laughs) I was like, he should have gone to her (laughs) how to close this relationship because I didn't get any closure and that really bothered me. I'm an Aries. I need closure. You know, <laughs> like I'm that. the oldest <laughs> child. Like you have to give me something. Just tell me like things didn't work out because, you know, you didn't like the sound of my voice. Just yeah. give me a nugget because I will take that nugget and never bother you again. But just to say, you know, you're better off without me or I need some time alone or his, his exact words actually were. You're the first one to hear this. Like not mm. even my friends know this. Okay. So I'm so excited. Said, <laughs> I hold a lot of people's, <laughs> I hold a lot of people's deepest, darkest secrets. For some reason, people love <laughs> confessing their darkest truths to me. So I mean, I'm I here for like it. This is a confession anymore because it's just yeah. so humorous. The fact that I bought it, but, um, he said, I love you. I want to have kids with you. I want to marry you, but you're just not the right person for me right now. And that was like wow. the, the carrot dangling, <laughs> like literally you left the carrot there for me. So I, I just, you know, so all I heard was I like, as you would, as any woman would, all I heard is, oh, he still loves me. He still wants to have kids with me. And he wants to marry one day. But just not, not right now. Oh yeah. And not right now. And it was like, 
there was no closure. And I was think he hearing himself? I, <laughs> I don't think he ever heard himself was the problem. He uh, definitely right. did not hear me. <laughs> yeah. He was not hearing you and he was not hearing himself. That's, you know, that's no. red flag. Yeah. After red flag. yeah. It, it was. And so I think that was, that was a, honestly, that was a large chunk of why I created the agency was for me and him. But also at the time, it was the, it was just the beginning of what we now call the pandemic. And, you know, we were all going through a, a virtual space and my friends were trying to figure out how to break up with their significant others virtually because we mm-hmm. couldn't see each other. Um, others who were having dates now through uh, Skype or whatever video form it was, and they didn't want to see the person the next day and they didn't know how to handle it. There's a lot of ghosting. There was a lot of games being played. And in my mind, I was giving all this feedback and advice to my friends and, you know, acquaintances. Mm -hmm. And I had just become this like woman. I was a jack of all trades when it came to breakups. And so (laughs) Amazing. I essentially became Manny, you know, and I think that's what I brought to Manny, you know, like every chapter, obviously, you know, begins with a breakup letter. It's a letter like at least 80% have happened to me. The other 20% have happened to my friends. Everything that is in the breakup agency is relatable. Yeah. Do you think that you would ever actually start like a full-blown breakup agency? I actually thought about it. <laughs> I literally did think about it. And it's funny because some people think it's just an awful idea. They just think, oh, think the space brilliant. that we're in now. I know, I, I know. Brilliant. And I think like the I way know. that the, the depths in which you went with how specific you got with how like every style of breakup, I thought yeah. was just fantastic because I love matchmaking. Like I literally love like matchmaking people. And I'm like, and I never thought about the other side of it. Like, okay, here's how you like break people up, you know, but yeah. like the, the depths in which you went with the, the types of breakups and like what, what they like the breakup packages. Ah, I love that. That was so yeah. fun. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, a breakup package. How fantastic. Um, like everything, every single one of them was labeled so uniquely. And and it was so amazing. And I was like, this is just so, this is a genius concept mainly because like everybody that the hardest part of breakup is going through like the emotions, right? Like obviously yeah, like the, yeah. the, the fear, the, like all the lower vibrational emotions kick in. Right. And mm-hmm. people don't know how to process them until they go like, until something traumatic happens. Right. So this not only can be beneficial for like a breakup, but like just processing (laughs) emotions in life, you know? Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. Tell me. But the thing is, I don't, I just, I I totally agree with you. I listen, I would never put anything, at least attach my name to something that I didn't believe in, but there are people that are highly offended by the fact that somebody could break up with them through email. And I just think, you know, because I, I committed like author, 101, which like, you should never do this stuff. And I read a couple reviews and a couple of people are super offended that this day and age, somebody would break up with them through text or email. And I think what they're missing is if you've been on the other side where you didn't get the text or email. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually have a friend who I spoke to a few months ago, she was dating a guy for six months and she wakes up one day and he's blocked her. No, no, like, Hey, we're breaking up. Hey, like I need a timeout or a space just gone, vanished. Yeah. Yeah. And he's okay because she stalked him in other ways and he's fully alive, but there was no closure. And I think that that's what those, those people who have a hard time understanding the concept of the breakup agency is that people need help. 
You know, sometimes you just need that little, I wrote it for you. Here's the template. Here's what you should say to the person. Yeah. And it's, it's done in a way that's kind and respectful. And that's where the agency was coming from. Yeah. But, and it's also just like, uh, like, you know, maybe the sound of the word agency, like could freak people out. I see that like, wait a minute, yeah, somebody yeah. help you write a letter, like how to break up with somebody, but people right. literally don't know the language in which like, they don't know how to formulate the sentences <laughs> on how they want to communicate like a, a, a transition or an emotion, you know, like, and it's yeah, really like, yeah. especially something that's like so heavy because you know, most of the time, like the person you want to break up with, like you, to some degree, you might still care about them. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't really want to your feelings, but like, the, you but, know, you gotta, yeah. exactly. And like, being, it's kind of like a coach, you know, you're like, you're hiring a coach to help you like work through the exactly. emotions, right? Because the words exactly. are just, and I, that's, yeah. the words are just yeah, simply the, like the, the, like what's like the physical, uh, like sound of what you're trying to like you know, push out through your body essentially. Right. I mean, I don't want to go so deep into the spiritual aspect of it, but but it's true. It's literally true. And especially in this space now where we think because we've had a couple of virtual dates that we don't ever need to speak to that person again, because we haven't physically seen them or we can easily delete their number. And I think that that's why the breakup agency, whatever you want to call it in this space works. And I, and I think, you know, and this is again, like on a very lower level basis, but think of it as like you applying for a job and you have to go send your thank you letter. You know, you, you, you should at least still, I think that exists. I might be too old. Maybe this is the thing people did when I was applying (laughs) for jobs back then, but you know, you go to each organization, you thank them for the time, you thank them for getting you to the point where you're filtered through, you know, however many candidates there were. This is a thank you letter, you know, thank you for the time you gave me. I am not going to be with you anymore because this, this is I it, love the you know? thought process behind this. This is so beautiful because you're at, you're shedding a positive light on, on a really heavy situation. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to, and, and it wasn't always like that for me. And I think yes. that that's what helped me get over the situation. And now, like, as you can see, I'm smiling and I'm joking and, sure. you know, I'm very, excited about oh my next breakup but no I think like I just think it's something that helped me it was my own therapy writing the book was really therapy for me oh I'm sure especially like through the pandemic Mm -hmm. like um you hearing through so many of your friends and their dating lives and their dating experiences and like I mean I get a high off of that too like just talking to my friends about like hey you know how's your heart how's your mind how's your relationship life like those are like the first three questions that I always ask like my friends like you know or just like anybody Mm -hmm. new like within the first like hour I'm like so like are you dating anybody if I'm meeting somebody new I just ask it's such a like because the dating like the dating (laughs) is so crazy like but it's such a Mm -hmm. like it's on the forefront of everybody's fine. Like everybody is like, just whether you're talking about dating apps or you're going on dates or you're, you know, just have like a crazy, interesting dating life. Like dating, dating is like, did you eat today? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's totally true. And this, yeah. And I think that that's how, at least for me, I've also been able to really figure out my new friendships and mm-hmm. with women. And I don't know if this has mm. happened to you, but I've made a lot of growth with the women in my life and oh my they've been new women and it's interesting. Right. And isn't it so interesting how people you've met recently can now be some of the closest friends you've ever had versus people you've known for such a long time, like family and literally family. Yeah. Like family, like, where were you this whole time? Like one of, one of my girlfriends, you know, I've known her for maybe about six months and I, I call her Vivi all the time now. Mm. And, and that's how at least like I relate back to the situation is, 
certainly taking those elements of, okay, dating, friendship, mm-hmm. everyday life, and trying to put it back into the book or, yeah. you know, to a story or something like that. Yeah. Well, I just love the fact that like, I mean, the character doesn't really talk about her family as much or like, or talks about her quote unquote, like lack of, right. Um, you know, experience mm-hmm. with her family and her culture, but she has this amazing mm-hmm. team at work who she's like, this is my family yeah. essentially, you know, like I got yeah. this really strong feeling of like, we're a team, we operate like a team, but we're like a family. You guys are like really important to me, you know? And I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really, really beautiful, especially her relationship with Anjali. That oh, was thank so you. cute. That was so, so, so cute. <laughs> I like, love Everybody that. loves Anjali. It's like Anjali or Manisha, you know, both of them are yeah. Yeah, been just equally in love with either of them. Yeah. Well, cause I have my own like little, like, you know, I have my Anjali. Yeah. I have my Anjali's, you know, like I had, like they're either my yeah. little cousins or like they're friends that are just like really young, you know, and they're just like yeah. amazing. And they're just kind of like my shoulder to lean on as well, you know, like just because there's an age gap or yeah. like a position gap, quote, quote unquote, you could say, um, doesn't mean that they're not valuable people in my life. And I truly like, oh, the, yeah, the, the, the woman dynamic. I mean, like that is just, like, it's such a, I've made such a major shift. Right. And I, I tell this to people all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. have the people in your life that, that you would like literally operate like where you guys would literally operate as a tribe, you know, like, and I, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful. Like during the pandemic, I would, I would, I brag about my friends all the time. They're literally like, just literally a bunch of <laughs> oh my God, you're amazing. And that's uh, what you should be doing. And I think, you know, for me, the pandemic actually brought out a different event, which was saying goodbye to some friends, you know, oh, yeah, that weren't, yeah, we're not adding any value. And I think that now I've got a handful and really like, that's all I really want. And that's only mm. the time that I have and the capacity that I have to check in on everybody with a million yeah. things that are going on in my life. And definitely that that's your tribe. So I think that that's an, an important part. I, I have Anjali, I have a Manisha, I have a mm. Manny. And that was really, really important for my lead character to have those people too. Although at the time, maybe she didn't realize that that was her family. And she later started to understand yeah. that that became her family. And I think that's part of your journey too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, absolutely. And like these people, um, the, the characters in the book, um, like it just was so, it just was so sweet. Cause it was like, you see, it was like the family that was like cheering her on when she like came back or when she, or like, right when she was like leaving to go to the wedding, you know, it was so yeah. cute. I was like, <laughs> I just get like these like, flashes of like moments in my life where I'm like, Oh my God, like I've definitely <laughs> experienced these things, you know, like a little send off. Um, yeah. but like, you know, also just like, I just, I also just like love the way this book was written, particularly because it was just very like unique situations where, you know, you have this like young boss CEO running her show. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to come with you to this wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much. Cause I really want people to like <laughs> read the book and like be excited yeah. about it. Um, but there's a little bit of a plot twist, which I won't share. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just really sweet that she, um, took, took this step to like self-discovery essentially right as a South Asian female and like trying to figure out her roots you know like tell me a little bit about like the thought process of wanting to incorporate that you know that quote-unquote plot twist because there's another there's another major one but I won't share that one (laughs) yeah I know there's like there's a there's a couple mic drops yeah yeah. um that's actually a great question because I you know Sammy was also based off of a relationship that I had and um, Sammy, who is, who is the character that, um, Manny actually ends up really becoming partners in crime with because they both need something from each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that at the end of the day, 
that process of that journey was me probably in my thirties, you know, I think back to, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I was definitely defying my culture. I was defying tradition. I didn't, yes, I didn't (laughs) want to have anything to do with it. And it was a lot of lack of understanding, but also because just falling into stereotypes of, I didn't feel that I would be able to be branded in that community because the community didn't understand me and vice versa. Mm. And I think that the tough part was that I I constantly just kept thinking, well, you know, they're not educated enough, like Indians aren't educated enough. And Mm. so they're not going to get me and I'm not going to get them. And boy, was I wrong. Like, I will tell you that when I'm when I met this Sammy, my own Sammy, he literally taught me like everything about the Indian culture and a lot of it's in the book, but from the traditions, like we're talking about Diwali, going to a wedding, but no, I'm like, you know, did you ever fall into this trap of, I don't want to go to a wedding because you have to wear like this ugly Indian suit or this oh, every whatever. Time. Every yeah, time. And- if you ask my mom, she oh. would be like, she would tell me like, if you ask my mother, she would literally react out of trauma because she'd be like, I had to literally force this girl. Like yeah. I was, I, I'm, a, I'm a middle child. I'm like, I question everything. <laughs> I was absolutely that daughter. That's like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't, a couple, yeah. you know, a couple yeah. slaps in the face, you know, as a result, yeah. but <laughs> a good pupper to the booty. Yeah. That, that would like happen. Well, I didn't get any puppers, thankfully, but I mm. definitely got the look from dad and and, you know, it was just like, I wish I could have just shook this girl <laughs> around because those are beautiful moments that I missed out on. Yeah. And, you know, I think back, like sometimes I look back at our home videos and I was like sitting in the corner, just trying to be all cool. And, <laughs> but actually like cool would have been to take part in some of those dances and, sure. you know, like know some of the, the bolia, which I don't know now, you know, like when mm-hmm. you go to an Indian wedding or to the the preempt of the wedding, but a, a lot of it to get back to your question was that journey of Manny was me and seeing, you know, going to an Indian wedding for the first time in your thirties, mm-hmm. not wearing an Indian suit, but wearing a Lenga or a sari that you actually really wanted to wear. And it could be a two piece and I can show a bit of my stomach. Oh yeah. my gosh. Like, yeah. You feel wow. sexy after you, after oh, you appreciate totally. it, you feel like the sexiest woman yes. in the room. <laughs> um, and you just, you totally nailed it. I felt sexy being an Indian woman. And I don't think that ever existed in my life. You know, I didn't see Indian women as sexy and certainly mm-hmm. beautiful, but they couldn't be portrayed as sexy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, he taught me that. And I just remember like, there was so much more to the culture and to the traditions. And, you know, the music wasn't back then, you know, obviously we're listening to some like really bad eighties music, but you know, there's some really cool artists though in the Indian community that are just like amazing with their so lyrics talented. and like the mixes and everything. So and talented. He, he introduced me to all of that, which, you know, I put in some of that in the book as well, too. I try to yeah. drop all of this stuff oh, because yeah. that's what I learned. And I'm like, I wasn't, I'm not cool. I thought they weren't cool. I'm actually not the cool one. So yeah. this, to me, that was a learning experience is like, I wanted Manny to go through everything that I had gone through in my thirties, where I was finally able to open my eyes and accept the fact that 
you know, like I'm a hot ass Indian woman and I'm going to own oh, yeah. it. Like, say yeah. it louder. Say it louder. You know, it took forever <laughs> to say that, right? It took forever. Yeah. Could you imagine putting up a picture of yourself 10 years ago in a Saudi? Could oh. you imagine that? Oh. No. <laughs> now I can't get enough. Like now I have enough. There's like too many sorry photos. My oh. like my cover shot that went out for sorry not sorry is me and Alanga. And I was like, well, that's what we're putting out there. And so that's beautiful. Yes, that was a, that was what I wanted Manny to feel. You know yeah. that that's. I don't know if you remember the scene where she was in the Indian store trying on the Langa with mm-hmm. um, Sammy walks in and all that stuff happened. Oh but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is cute. <laughs> but it was also like hot you know yeah. you can you can like there's some hot stuff that can happen in a sari. okay there's oh my some God, hot absolutely. stuff that can happen in a exactly we, we exactly. could get into that <laughs> <laughs> no I definitely like I relate to everything that you just said because I definitely was always like I was like I don't know I went through like my tomboy phases but I was also very like I don't want to wear Indian clothes I don't feel relevant to it but I also grew up in like a super duper like white neighborhood I had like yeah, my yeah. I had my my like quote-unquote like <laughs> school friends, which are like my non-Daisy friends. And then I had my yeah. like South Asian friends outside of school. And so like, they kind of kept me like in touch with the culture, but I was still so rebellious. Like I was just like, my mom's also like the most religious person that I literally actually know. Um, and so like okay. religion played like <laughs> a huge factor mm-hmm. in a lot of like mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. rebelliousness, I guess you could say, because I was just like, yeah, you know, my, my mom forced a lot of stuff on us. That was just like, what, what do we, yeah. do? you know, and now it all yeah. makes sense, you know, now it all like makes sense. And I absolutely appreciate appreciate the culture, like totally different. Like you said, like, I feel like sexy yeah. when I wear Indian clothes and that realization yeah. didn't even happen. Literally. Like you're going to, you're going to be like, what the hell that didn't happen till like this year. <laughs> like I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. You're, you're actually, Manny. You're my, yeah, Manny. I, I am the yeah. Manny. I was literally like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I actually for once in yeah. like forever feel really good wearing Indian clothes. And I just never did yeah. also just like, I'm like a picky ass person. Like I'm like picky with my clothing, picky with my jewelry. I'm, I'm a makeup <laughs> artist, you know, like, so from an aesthetic standpoint I was like nothing's good enough you know and so I finally started well yeah leaning more into the game the game like the game in Indian clothes has changed you know like oh absolutely so I think for you to say that within the year is also based on what we're seeing on the runways you know Mm -hmm. what is happening it is amazing it is Mm -hmm. sexy it is hot so Mm -hmm. I think it's fair for whether it's a year or like me you know 10 years ago um it took us that moment to look in the mirror and actually feel not that the clothes were just bringing out this sexiness, but like my black hair, you know, Mm. the color of my skin. I can't get away with wearing all kinds of lipstick because of the color of my skin. And I own that, you know, that Mm. I own that now where I would do whatever I could to lighten my skin and look a certain way. And so it, it is a large part of the book, which was self-discovery for Manny was a large part of my life. Yeah. And it's something that's like a forever process, right? It's like, like like our worlds are like basically the exact opposite of what our parents experienced. Right. So Mm -hmm. like we have, you know, and you mentioned some of their names, like influencers, you know, like 
like parents still are like, what do you mean you like influence? Like, what the hell does that I mean? know, I know, <laughs> I know. Imagine like, forget being an author. What, what if I told them I was going to be an influencer? Jeez, like, no, I know. They We're like, it. okay, this is the job description, mom. Like this yeah, is what it entails. Um, but no, I think it's just amazing to see like the transition of her character in the book and like how Thank she you. came to herself and how, you know, and like, you know, sprinkle all romance, you know? Um, mm-hmm, which was mm-hmm. obviously like the most beautiful part. I love love. And Aww, so it, thank just, you. <laughs> it was really cute. Um, and I also just appreciated Rajiv's character. You know, he's like her bestie. That's like yeah. also teaching her about <laughs> okay. culture too. I just like, I couldn't wrap my head around like what I wanted his like face to look like. So I just imagine this like, um, like really well-dressed chic, like <laughs> man, that's like, you need this, 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 and this like here go like, <laughs> okay. You're, you are so funny because literally, and he knows this another ex of mine. Like, I feel like I'm, this whole podcast is just dedicated to many exes of my life, but another ex exes. of mine, I love them all. Who's an Indian. I know. Right. <laughs> and we are still friends to this day. And he actually was the first man to read. Sorry, not sorry before in its initial draft and he he would play Rajiv and he knows that (laughs) so he's actually an actor he's an actor and I I I told him this I'm like I created Rajiv based on you and he's like there's no way I'm playing that guy I want to play Sammy I'm like no you're Rajiv like I that's who there was just something about the way that he could do that voice Mm -hmm. and still make it authentic because because the thing is I definitely didn't want to go down the road of Apu, you know, like I, I, those, those are offensive characters. Mm-hmm. And to me, Rajiv is just being himself. Yeah. And I have uncles like that, that mm-hmm. are here and have acted that way or act that way right. and became my best friend. And that's who is Manny's really close confidant. Sure. Anjali is too, but mm. Rajiv has had her back from like day one. Yeah. It sounds like they're more like uh, along the lines of like the same, like maybe life experiences, at least like what I, yeah. I was like getting the feeling. Um, yeah. but it's also nice that they're like, they, they're still friends, you know, Basically. still friends. And yeah. he's like the machine of swearing, you know, like he just produces the swear words and I had to actually you know what I'll tell you my dad's like a big swear so (laughs) all those words are words that I heard growing up like you know everything was this and that whatever I won't say them here but they're certainly from my father (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious I love that I gotta meet your dad (laughs) yeah and there's so there is sprinkles of my dad and Rajiv as well yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. You know, from this perspective of an author, I don't, I don't, obviously I don't write, but, um, it's just so interesting. Like I've had a couple conversations with authors for this podcast and it's so interesting, the creative process and like how you guys get into character. And obviously like you're picking yeah. from parts of your life, but down to like, like male figures or down to female figures who have very specific, unique, um, like personality traits to them that you're like, Hmm, I want to incorporate this in this character and that, in that character, you know, that's really cool. Like, tell me about, like, tell me a little (laughs) bit about that process. Well, the thing is that I was trying to take some of the experiences from relationships. So the men, obviously the exes were playing some parts of the leading men in the book. Um, but then I also took experiences with uncles and my own, my own dad, you know, and my favorite mm-hmm. uncle and put those in there. And I think that that the thing for me that was really, really important is, and I really hope that we start 
looking at the narrative telling South Asian stories from this space, which is the stories are authentic to you, right? So did that actually happen to you? Because if it didn't, then we're just building on stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was really important for me is that we often in the media, you know, and the basis of a lot of these stories can be the mingling auntie or the meddling, Mm -hmm. you know, uncle, but actually that did happen and has happened to me. So I really wanted to make sure that anything that was peppered in with an uncle or an auntie was very authentic to the experience that I went through. Yeah. And some of these aunties and uncles are very like hip and cool too. Like they have their own quirks of like yeah. up to date, like how, how the, how like society operates now. Like I yeah. literally was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting in a car ride back from Canada one time with my whole family. We rented a van. We were just driving back home from a wedding and literally like they were talking about dating. I was, I'm like, I'm, I'm the single one in the whole freaking family. Um, <laughs> and they were like, Hey, can we, um, they're like, so they start talking about boys and dating. And I was like, okay, oh here God, we go. Like, get me out of here. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, you know what, why don't you guys go on my dating app and you guys swipe. And they were so fascinated by it. Oh they were like, this God. is so cool. And they were like picking out like little personality traits that they liked about, or like little, uh, like things about their descriptions and their profiles and like the way yeah. they looked. And I was like, all right, you guys are like, you know, like, I, I'm not expecting you guys like pick my husband through this thing, but it's kind of cool that you guys are like open to this and like, yeah, you know, those are, like things to think about as well. I'm sure like as an author, like the quirks of your, you know, the, per, your family members or the things that could be just make it like an interesting, like for storytelling, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, everyone, every family has their own like <laughs> dramatics, right? So oh, yeah. that's what I'll call it. But I, I do think, you know, I've been in the same position where I've held an app and I've showed my mom, we've swiped through it. Um, you know, my dad's just like, gross, get that away. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Or he'll say how much money, which usually means like, how much does the guy make? So yeah. it was like, yes, those quirks were definitely in there. There's, I, I don't know if you remember this, but there's actually like a scene in the book where an uncle, um, you know, tells one of the girls that she has missed the train, you know, Mm -hmm. she missed the train. And the train is her son, or his son, sorry. So the train is his son, he was trying to do a setup. And he's now trying to tell her that you missed my train, which is my son. And so you're going to be single for the rest of your life, which has happened to me as well, you know, in this, Mm -hmm. in a very bizarre way was actually like a fifth or sixth cousin, I believe. (laughs) Just like oh no gosh. blood relation, like no blood relation, but like there was certainly cousin territory. Um, but certainly, you know, those quirks were really, really important, I think, to keep the story authentic and mm-hmm. always can come back to the argument. Like if anybody says to me, you're playing on stereotypes or like, oh, this is all old school. No, this ha- has happened to me like yeah. yesterday. You know, like right now. It's I know. And then when you tell them, they're like shocked. They're like, seriously? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's, yeah. The, I think that that's part of the story is people, and I, I've read some of these reviews too, which people say it's so archaic the way that I told the story or like it doesn't happen. And here I am talking to you and, you know, we're like mirroring each other's mm-hmm. lives, like in oh every God, way. Yeah. And to the point where you just had the self-discovery a year ago that you could be sexy in, in an Indian outfit. So Crazy, yeah, right? I, yeah, these are, <laughs> these are things that happen on a daily basis that we're going to struggle with for years to come. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also like, I dissect the hell out of things. Like I definitely yeah, yeah. Like one of those people that's like, I'm a Virgo. So I'm just like, I, like 
very specific, very detail oriented. So like, that was also something that like I did with my own personality. I was like, why am I like this? You know? So all of this questioning, like it took a really long time. Right. And now I'm finally feeling like I can, I can enjoy the fruits of my labor of like Mm. the self-discovery where I'm like, I'm allowed to feel sexy. I'm allowed to feel beautiful. I'm allowed to walk in a room. I'd look damn good. I get really (laughs) excited when people are like, like, not like, like ignorantly. I mean, what I guess I get really excited when people are like happy for themselves and proud of themselves. And like, they talk Mm. about their, their accomplishments, you know, um, because you know, it's, it's, it's a realization, right. It's a, and it's encouraging because we, you know, we want people to be really proud of themselves. We want people to feel like really good within themselves and in their culture and in their, you know, their dating lives or personal lives, everything. It's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful place to come to, you know? Yeah. I, and I agree. And I think that at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter that this is a South Asian story because every family has their own traditions, has their own cultural experiences. And you're right. You touched on religion. I didn't realize that there was a difference, a huge difference between religion and culture, a massive difference. And I didn't know this until my thirties either. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the basis of the story is culture, tradition, it's different whether you're South Asian or not in everyone's family. The way you light a candle for Diwali, right? Maybe different than what time we do it or how we do it or what candle we choose. But these are very, very specific traditions to your family. And you don't have to be South Asian to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you light a Christmas tree, whether it's on Christmas Eve or it's the first of November, you know, mm-hmm. that's a tradition that you carry in your own family. And that's what the book to me was about is that these are the traditions of the Patel family. These are Mm -hmm. cultural aspects of the Patel family. If you can relate to them, that's great. If you can't, well, this is maybe something that is relatable to a friend of yours. Yeah. And, you know, speaking on that, I I really, truly appreciated that there was a Patel family because I'm Patel um, (laughs) in the book. (laughs) But one of the passages, which um, the passages at the beginning of each chapter um, was, by the way, what's the difference between being Patel and just being Indian? And I just I actually like was sitting there and I read (laughs) it. Could you relate to it? Oh, absolutely. I laughed out loud and I I said it to my brother. My brother's like, oh, I get it. Like, you know, like I he he got it like so fast. Yeah. a Patel or just like, I'm sure like a sing or like, just, yeah, you know, the big tribe, you know, like Patels are everywhere, you know? So I just like fully felt that like, when I tell people that I have like hundreds of people like that are direct family they look at me like yeah. I'm crazy <laughs> and I'm like, I know and you're, and you're like I haven't even met them all yet but trust literally me, they're all out there yeah literally <laughs> I haven't even met them all yet but like a baby shower is minimum 250 yeah people, like, oh of course yeah it's so funny because I did this um have you heard of DNA the DNA testing like DNA 23 I think it's called no. um where you so you you take your DNA and it sips through a bunch of DNA that's been collected if you've done it. And I have a whole bunch of relatives in the States I haven't met, but we oh. share the same, same DNA. And so it's so crazy, but not, not even the crazy. States, but literally like an hour away from me. And it's so interesting. Have you ever met yeah. any of them? No, I, I just, I, just, <laughs> I haven't. But I also just think it's so weird. It'd be so weird. Like imagine it was a guy that I dated. It's like, they, oh my God, oh. we're related. No. <laughs> I've had very, I think I dated like one, one guy who, who was Patel. And I swear, like all of my non-South Asian friends were like, 
that's not your cousin. Right. And I'm like, no, there's like literally thousands of us. There's literally thousands of, there's no way. I know. Maybe like historically, I have no freaking idea. Like that. It definitely not. Like I've not seen him at any family events. I have not, like, I've never met his parents. Like, no. Um, You're like, let me check this DNA 23 to see if we're related. Yeah. Now, you know, now I'm like, now I'm curious, but I'm also like afraid at the same time. Um, I know. But um, this was such a, an amazing read and I highly, oh, highly, you. highly encourage anyone to, well, I guess there's, you know, what's the process for people to get access to your book? Yeah. You know, it comes out April 5th, so it will be everywhere. Mm. <laughs> It'll be online, walk into a bookstore, please send me your photos. I'm really excited. Um, so you can get it anywhere. It's at your library, your local bookstores, the big bookstores. It's going to actually be in Costco as well. So Barnes and Noble everywhere. Oh, that's um, amazing. yeah, it's, it's actually, thank you. And it's a really big deal for a South Asian author to be in Costco. So I was just going to say, really I was like, you don't that. really typically see like a uh, South Asian books in like a big, yeah, store, yeah, yeah. Like that. but that's, yeah. amazing. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So April, April 5th is the big date. So I'm really excited. So thank you. Thanks for that. Mark your calendars, everyone, April 5th. Um, yeah. And my last and final question is, is typically like a, okay, what advice do you have? Because this is a dating, this is a dating app. I mean, a dating okay. podcast, but yeah. um, I actually want to take one of your passages from your book, which okay. was, how do you know when it's time to break up with someone or should you just settle? Oh, <laughs> that was too good. I read that and I was like, Oh, <laughs> If you don't have an answer, it's okay, (laughs) but I've said it. I've actually said it. And I, so I have a WhatsApp group with three guy friends that I've known for 10 years. And I said it in that group because that's, that is where I felt I was at. And yeah. Wow. I can't believe you remember that, but it was, yeah. It's a great question. It's a great question. The thing is, Imagine what place you have to be in your dating situation to ask that question. Right. Exactly. That's the answer, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you That's go. That's essentially the answer. <laughs> um, and, you know, take that in whatever direction you need to sit with it. You know, think about it. If you are going through a breakup or you're thinking about going through a break or thinking about breaking up with your partner, um, or if you just feel like your relationship is in a rocky situation, you know, um, yeah. again, highly recommend reading the book. Very fascinating um, to really dive really deep into um, just like cultural things, um, you know, being a boss entrepreneur, if that's you, um, or just like, you know, trying to figure out your dating life and, you know, if a relationship is meant for you or not. Um, you can find Sonia on Instagram at what is your handle? Sonia saying, right. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I will be sure to link all of the, um, all of your social, um, where you can find the book, how you can, you know, get any sort of pre-orders and all that fun stuff. Um, thank thank you you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I hope you enjoy. This was such a fun conversation. I really, really, really like, love the book. Yeah. I, I honestly had such an amazing time and you know what the it's fun like you're funny we're having a lot of laughs and I think when you pick up the book just remember that this is like mm-hmm. if you're looking for a history lesson or you know the atomic habits to change your life this is not the right book this is like <laughs> a quick read to have fun and to laugh out loud and that's what it is like don't take 
this book seriously in a sense of, oh my God, I'm going to walk away with like, oh, this, that, and whatever. No, it's just like a fun book to escape with. That's it. Words directly from the author, folks. Thank you so much, Sonia. It was such a pleasure having (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. 